Hey everyone, welcome to Reframe Your Brain. My name is Danielle Kent, and my colleague and friend Leah Sovereign and I love to think about things differently, problem solve around communication and collaboration, and reframe problems into opportunities for creative thinking. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey everybody. So today we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to do an interview of Danielle and ask a bunch of questions and um, hopefully learn some surprising (laughs) new information. I don't know. Do you think you'll learn new things today? I hope so. I have a couple questions that I came up with that I was like, I don't know the answer to this. Oh, that's exciting. I know. I mean, they're not that exciting, but there's still (laughs) questions I don't know the answer to. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. So... I thought we could start with you just telling us a little bit about what your current focus is. So yeah. we kind of have a context of where you are now. Yeah. So I am, I own my own business, my business, <laughs> I own my own business, Peace of Mind Therapy and Consulting. Um, I'm kind of overhauling my business right now to be more focused on creating online courses and in-person workshops that are really geared towards supporting executive functioning. So executive functioning includes things like problem solving, organization, regulation, attention, kind of all of those different areas we need in order to be successful human beings every day and goal direct ourselves and live our life. I know you know. I was smiling. I I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) But when I I have to always remind myself when I say executive functioning, not Not everybody knows knows exactly what that means. So um, I'm really, I've been really interested in it for pre-K students and then early elementary students as well as middle schoolers and adolescents. Um, So that's really where I've been focused lately. Um, I also do contracts for schools and I do evaluations and services. You and I get to work together quite a bit. Um, and then I also teach workshops through the higher ed collaborative and I teach through Castleton university. So that's a lot of different things you've got going on. Yes. And so one of the things I was wondering about is how do you, um, how do you decide what focus to sort of cultivate and like do you have a process for determining where to focus your efforts I know you've switched directions a little bit over the last couple of years uh, trying to hone in on um, maybe the things that are most interesting to you and I'm curious about how you think through that or work through that or if you do, or yeah. if you just randomly, <laughs> just randomly go with Put it. the options in a hat. And just yeah, pull them out. Today, executive function. <laughs> One thing I've, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about goal setting, right? Like, mm. we, we goal set differently, and mm. it's really important to tell people that because it's important everybody knows there's a different system for everybody. Yeah. But I like to always look, like, five years out, what, what do I want to be doing? What do, what do I want my ideal schedule to look like, my ideal client to look like? And, like, creating those avatars, as I, as I call them, um, that allowed me to see, like, what do I actually want to be doing? How do I actually want to be spending my time? And then backing up from there, what do I actually need to be doing to take a step towards that? So if I want to be doing more online and workshops, it doesn't make sense for me to, me to be personally taking on more school contracts. Right. It makes sense for me to be thinking about hiring somebody because I want to keep that, that business going. Right. Um, it's a great model. I love getting to work with schools, and schools really need people on the ground yeah yeah, doing evaluations and treatments but if I want to be doing more of the online courses and workshops then I need to be taking steps in that direction to work towards that 
And how did you decide that the things that you're talking about that you're focusing on now, that those were the things you wanted to focus on? When I, when I started doing more teaching, I found that I was so excited to go teach, to be teaching. And when I was done, I felt so satisfied. And like, that's where, you know, when I talk a lot of my business about alignment, when you Mm -hmm. align with something, it's because when you go to do it, you do it or you finish it. You just feel like, wow, I really clicked with that. That felt really good. And not all of it's going to feel good, right? Like not everything can be roses, but most of the time when you, when you're in alignment with somebody or, or something that the time you spend with them or doing that thing, you feel overall positive about the experience. Okay. Oh, here's a here's a surprise question. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I feel like you know so much about me that I'm like, <laughs> what could you not know? <laughs> and and maybe I know the answer to this. I don't know. Um, what are some ways we'll get back to talking about like the actual work that you're doing? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I just you're driving this train. I'm just yeah. like following. But what are some ways that you would describe yourself that might surprise other people? Oh, ways I would describe myself mm-hmm. or things yeah. about yourself and how you work or how you think or whatever yeah like so I'm a recovering control freak (laughs) um and I use that you know that's probably not the correct terminology but like I am working on letting go of needing to control everything I didn't know that (laughs) I didn't know that you didn't know that I mean I I didn't know that that was something you were working on yeah Yeah. like I'd I'd say I'm more in like the the uh fringes now of it like I still catch myself doing some things Mm -hmm. but it showed up in a lot of places like my business my personal life like I felt like I needed to control a lot of things. Yeah. And um, it really, like, caused a lot of, you know, some anxiety or some concerns about, like, what was what was actually happening. And so letting go of that control um, and learning how to let go and when it's appropriate to let go. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Adam can really thank me for that one because (laughs) (laughs) that's, you know, personally, that's a big one. That's a big, I mean, that's a dynamic in a lot of relationships. Yes. Yes. Not even just, like, you know, you're, like marriage or your partnership but like a lot of relationships yes. that dynamic of one person feeling like they or that struggle for like who's controlling yes that's um that's great <laughs> I'm you, you know this about me but it, maybe not everybody knows this is that I'm also a, re- a reflector and a processor yes so when I go through an experience I often I don't like like drill it to the ground but if I had a less than positive experience if I start off really frustrated yeah I have to work through it in my mind to get to a place where I like accept it yep and I no longer hold on to that and that I'm able to be like that happened what can I learn from it and how can I move on that reminds me of sort of uh, tangent, but related. It's always related. Um, I, yeah, they're, my tangents are ne- always they're, related. But they're, ne- they're never like not connected. They're always connected. <laughs> um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, uh, one that we both listened to called Coaching for Leaders. Yeah. And there was an interview um, with a person whose name I'm not going to remember, but the book title was something like How to Be Awesome. Yes. And I yes. He was talking about the guy, the author of this book, which that is not probably the title of the book, but, but it's is close. this a couple weeks old? I'm trying yep, to it's yeah. Recent. Yeah. And he was talking about how high achievers when they struggle with something or feel like they've failed at something. And I would say that we are both high mm-hmm. we we would describe ourselves as high, as achiever. high achievers. Yep. Um that when they struggle with something or really just flat out fail and can't do something that high achievers will turn the spotlight back on themselves and say like 
this, you know, what did I do? What did I do? Mm -hmm. And these are all the reasons why I couldn't make this work. Yes. And that there are studies that show that people who are, wouldn't describe themselves as high achievers are more likely to look at the, um, environment and say like, well, you know, this system is why I didn't do this or to look for, uh, alternatives to it just being like, oh, I must have messed this up yes. all by myself on my own. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that I'm solely responsible. Yes. And there's that learning to like shift that light a little bit. Yeah. Takes practice. Yes. And it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're talking about. It's a little about. bit of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think as in that podcast, the author had said, it's helpful because it's always pushing us to be better, but it can be detrimental if we only ever think that we can be the cause of a breakdown. Right. Because I, I, you know, over the last year I've learned a lot to be like, okay, th- clearly I, I had a role in whatever happened here, but it's not just me who had a role here. Right. And being able to kind of remember that it takes, you know, two people to have a relationship, you know, working or personal. Right. And that if a breakdown happens, you know, I own a role in that. Yeah. But I'm not the only role. Um, yeah. So. And, you know, in thinking about that, um, what you were saying about being re- recovering from needing to, to be in control, I think there's a relationship between that and that sense of, like, I have to be, like, it's my responsibility to figure this out, and I have to do it on my own, yeah, and I have to do it this way. percent And letting go of some of that control also helps us shift from it just being about what we're capable of doing. Yes. Hmm, fascinating. I'm also, last thing that's yeah. like, you know this yeah. too, is a re- recovering dysfunctional independent. Like, like, le- like learning that I, I can ask for help and I, oh. like, that's really important. And I don't think that's like a, uh, uncommon trait, but I'm really actively working on, like, if I need help with something, mm-hmm. not just feeling like I should be able to figure this out. Right. Like I can ask yeah. for help here. And it, I guess they're all kind of linked I together. Think, I think so. But that's definitely three things that I've been... And there's definitely a lot of layers to it. Like, I know yes. you've talked about, like, as a parent, as a professional, as a woman, as, like, all these different pieces, there's social expectations about, like, what you're able to do on your own yes. and what it means if you ask for help versus, like, what it means if you don't know something or yes. all of those those pieces. So I'm sure it, like, it varies based on the setting and the relationship and all of those things, but it does sound like they all kind of relate yeah. to each other. Yeah, What do you think... Uh, this this is not this is an ad lib question. <laughs> what do you think has been most helpful um, in, or not most helpful, but what are some things that have been helpful in you sort of gaining some insight into the need to change those behaviors? I so over the past probably year, I've kind of felt well, I don't know. This is probably a really funny description, but like insatiable in terms of like wanting to learn more. Yeah, and a lot of my work has that a lot of the reading I've been doing, I've really tuned into like how to be a better listener Mm -hmm. and how to really remember that when I'm in a situation, like we all come into a situation with needs and wants and hopes and that, um, everybody kind of goes through similar struggles. We're just not talking about them. Mm -hmm. And so kind of bringing some light to that, um, and really, like 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 continuous professional development, listening to coaching for leaders, listening to teaching in higher ed, reading books, you know, by Brene Brown and Mel Robbins, where we're really talking about how to really further develop yourself and that stuff has really helped me kind of further along in becoming aware of the areas I need to work on and being able to talk more openly about them. Do you think that there are any descriptors you would use for yourself that aren't focused on things you need to change? 
That people wouldn't know about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like the stuff that people know about me is, and is, um, like open book. Like I, like I'm very empathetic. I'm very, like, I like to have fun. I'm very strong willed. Um, I, I like the leadership qualities that I've built. And I guess circling back to your last question, a lot of the work I've been doing is on leadership. Yeah. Like, yeah. and how to be, and we talk about leadership mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and what it really means. And so I've just been kind of really hungry and how can I be the best leader possible Yeah, in whatever way that means for me in that moment. Um, but I, you know, I hope those are things that people will see about me too. And that mm-hmm. they also think that when, you know, when they think about me. Some of the people listening might not have ever met you yeah. or know know you have had the opportunity to observe those things yeah so So if I were to describe myself I'm I'm strong-willed I'm I think I'm fun right (laughs) I think I'm fun yeah um I'm very loving I'm very caring um I'm pretty independent I'm working on the dysfunctional part of it I I enjoy being a leader I'm creative not as creative as you though but I like I like thinking differently about things Ooh, that's a good segue Unless you want to say more no. things. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. So our podcast, you know, on Reframe our podcast, we brain. talk a lot about reframing and like thinking about things differently. Yes. And we've talked throughout a lot of the episodes about what that means relative to specific experiences or events that are happening. But in, what does that mean, that idea or term reframing mean for you? Like how does that play out in your everyday life, your professional life? Yeah. How does that, what significance does it have? For, so I think of the prime example when I called you after a meeting one time and I was like, I was boiling mad and I'm like, okay, okay. I got, I like got my, my dysregulation out. Now I need to think about this a little bit differently. Like my reactive center finally felt soothed and then I could shift to my upper brain to be like, <laughs> to be like, let's, let me think about other perspectives here. So it really means for me, it means like the theory of mind component where I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about it this way. What's a way that somebody else might be thinking about it? Right. Because there are always multiple perspectives to consider in a situation. One of the things that I love about the way you, oh, the always, the way you talk is that we could be having a conversation about anything. <laughs> and inevitably, at some point, Danielle starts using terms like theory of mind. Or like, whereas... You could have the same conversation with anybody else and they would talk about like thinking about what other people think when no one was in theory of mind. And it's really interesting. It's such an interesting contrast when we're having a conversation because I know exactly what you mean. Yep. And when yep. you say I'm sitting here nodding, yeah. but that those are not words that would come out of my mouth unless I was in a certain context. Yes. And I, I find it very entertaining personally words just flow but but also like I think it really reflects how much you are like a lot of the things you study and learn about and a lot of the things you're really curious about and want to be working on you've integrated them so much into who you are and how you see the world and how applicable they are that they they show up in those places yes yes and I have to be careful to jargon bust like I know you understand right but like I I am that's something else like I think we I always have to be conscious of not Mm -hmm. everybody knows what executive functioning is not everybody knows what theory of mind is and so making sure them yeah always so you were saying I interrupted so you were saying um how really being able to take other recognize other perspectives yeah what are what are some other ways we could be thinking about this mm-hmm. and maybe it doesn't mean like there are certain after an interaction okay what what could they have been thinking but if it's about a specific situation and people are like well this is the way it's always been mm-hmm. I think we kind of feel the need to push back and be like well just because it's the way it's always been doesn't mean that's the way it needs to always be right how could we look at this differently and is it the way it's always been right 
I think a lot of what we talk about is are the stories that people tell themselves and tell each other really the stories that they're experiencing yeah or is there some disconnect there and often there is there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why there's some dysfunction yeah Leah so I'm gonna like brag on Leah for a minute Leah because it's always it's all about me so Leah is like I can always count on Leah if I ever have like a tough interaction or any kind of experience where I just need to talk through it you always honor like you you're never like you never cut me off you're never like yeah you can deal with this you always make sure like I can finish my finish my thinking I can get out what I need to get out and then you never even force me to process. You, like, wait for me to get there. Yeah. And when I'm ready, you're always there to support me in that process. Aww, and I think I see you do it with teams. And so any SLPs that are listening, this skill is phenomenal. It's phenomenal to watch. It's phenomenal to experience as your colleague and friend. Like, I think it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Well, thank you. It's really uh, – I don't think that I recognize that I'm doing that most of the time. I know. That it's just you part of your habits and traits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is something when you describe it that way that I'm that I can recognize I've worked on and have definitely learned how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the times that you pointed out, I'm usually not aware of. It's not a it's not a like a strategy that I'm implementing in the moment with a lot of consciousness. Yes. It's like how I'm responding. Responding. Yeah. yeah. So it's good feedback too to know that that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's cool. Thank you. Um, all right, let's see. Moving on with some interview questions. <laughs> Moving on. So in no particular order, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation me in. We're not hierarchy. Yeah, I have a hard time with hierarchies. Um, why? So stepping back a little bit, why did you decide? to make a shift and move more into private practice or more into having your own business? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, one of my, my friends that I had met in high school is getting her PhD right now. And she's actually investigating like why people like business, people who go from the education sector to owning a business. She wanted to investigate like why you do that. And I told her essentially was like, I felt like when I was working in a school, there was a a very fast ceiling. Like this is as much as you can grow. This is as much potential as you have. And for me, I was like, but I want there, I feel like there's so much more for me. Like I wanted to do so much more and I wanted to have autonomy over my schedule and like what caseload I wanted to build. And so it really was just having that autonomy and being able to do that. And are there things about, being in private practice or owning your own business that you've learned since you've started that process that have convinced you even more. <laughs> yeah. Like, like all that, that's I, the place for you. All that I'm able to do right now mm-hmm. is, is a testament to it. The fact that I am creating online courses, I am also running a business and seeing students mm-hmm. working with school teams. The fact that I'm able to build my weeks the way I want to build my weeks. Yeah. I have control over that. I, I really can't top that. And what does that give you, what does that allow you to do? For me in this season, it's to be able to be present for my kids if they need it. Yeah. And be able to like do things for me, right? Like I want to go work out. I want to get a massage. Like I'm also learning to like really be good about that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I thought of that because that idea of um, if, if that you've talked about a lot of making the time for the things that are important to you. Um, it is harder to do when your schedule is more determined by others than by yourself. 
and that varies for person to person from setting to setting, but it definitely you have more flex the most flexibility when you're doing your own doing your own thing. Yes. Um, we talked a little bit about this, but as, as with that transition, you know, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered moving from that sort of very structured, very other directed, other organized and directed by someone else kind of setting into something that's more organized and directed by yourself, like in terms of professional, professionally accessing professional community personally, if you feel like it, or just in any sort of context. Yeah. So professionally it's meant I've had to really dig in and invest in myself to learn. Like I don't have a business degree. I don't have a marketing degree. I have an SLP degree, right? I know how to do my job, but when you run a business, you really need to know a lot of those fundamentals of business, Right. how to do a, you know, a profit loss sheet. How do you, you know, like, and so what I've learned to do is to really know my zones of genius. What am I really good at? What takes me very little time? Right. Stay there. Everything else, I'm learning how to outsource. Yep. So my financial stuff, I trust my accountant with. Financial stuff, I trust my financial advisor with. And like creating those networks right. and remembering I don't have to do it all. I can outsource and, and trust the people I'm working with to do that work for me. With me. For yeah. me, with me. With me, like my virtual assistant, with me. But like the accountant is doing work for me. He's getting taken care of all of that stuff. What is that... How does that show up in what is, what's the effect that that has for you? Time. Yeah. Like I so I overhauled my website cuz I wanted to know how to do it. I wanted to know how to how to redesign it. What do I need to do to take care of it? Right. So I spent I mean I think like 20 hours on it probably, maybe yeah. even more. And I got it to a place where I was like, okay, I like this. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yep. And then now I just paid a website designer to go in and overhaul it and just be able to house a ton of things. Now I know how to run the website, yep. right? So like she's redesigning it and then she's going to pass it back to me. So I know how to fix stuff, but she's going to give me the way I want it to look. That's awesome. So. I think that's really smart for a lot of reasons. The time factor for sure. And also the learning factor. You understand enough to sort of be involved, but you don't have to be um, a master at right. that. So you've learned some new skills, but you don't have to master those skills. Right. And then also just the practice of, I mean, that's a huge practice of letting go and letting, letting others go. sort of do their job. Yes. Um, and, and it probably also requires a fair bit of communication about what you're looking for yes. in all of those settings, whether you're dealing with financial stuff, whether you're dealing with creative things and being able to really articulate what you need and yes. what you're looking for. Which yeah. is a good practice, I think, and one that we don't often get to participate in a way that feels like you, like we can design it. You right. Know? It can sort of be like, which of these options do you want? And in yes. this case, you're like, well, I'm creating all the options. Yes. And I think what you said is a good point. So I have learned a little bit about everything. Right. So I took an accountant for business owners mini mini course because yep. I wanted to know the basics so essentially when my accountant's talking to me I know what he's talking about right. but I didn't go beyond that right. I just wanted to know the basics yeah enough to sort of be a relevant um, collaborator yes but not necessarily the project manager yes exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> precisely <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite resources for learning or for professional development yeah so I you know our podcast coaching for leaders that's an amazing amazing I, podcast it, people the the topics that are covered in that podcast it yeah. just ex, it expands so like I just yeah 
I learned so much from the weekly ones and even going back in the archives. The teaching in higher ed has been, in the, you know, that's husband and wife. It's It's been really invaluable for my online teaching mm-hmm. and for my teaching at the college level. Mm-hmm. And even through the higher ed teaching with adults, mm-hmm. just it's given me a ton of insight there. Um, so just to clarify, the coaching for leaders, the the person who usually hosts that, his name is... Dave Stahobiak. And his wife... Bonnie Stahobiak. Has a podcast called... Teaching in Higher Ed. There you go. That's what Danielle's <laughs> calling, talking about. I know all the pieces, but I get there. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Um, and so, so Dave Stahobiak interviews people on a regular basis who are in all different roles of leadership or who have questions about leadership, often have written books or have projects they're doing. Yes. And then on a monthly basis... Um, he and his wife, Bonnie, um, do a sort of question and answer session from things that questions that people write in who've listened to the show. Yeah. And that's really cool because you get a little bit of both perspectives. Yes. And sometimes Um, they're, they're different. They're different. And it's really cool that they offer different perspectives and that they show you like some different ways you can think about things. Um, so aside from that podcast. So Jenna Kutcher also has a gold digger podcast, which is Really, it's marketing specific. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a big marketing under um, theme. And that's been really helpful for me in learning about email marketing, marketing online, how to catch emails. So a lot of those fundamentals have been, that, that podcast has been really great for that. There's also an online, a digital course academy podcast by mm-hmm. Amy Porterfield. Oh. And as we kind of step into this arena of launching courses together, yeah. which is a big, like, surprise, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be new dishing that out coming. soon. Um, but that's been really helpful for me to listen to and kind of learn some of the basics about getting digital courses ready to go. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time driving like you. And so podcasts are super helpful for that. Mm-hmm. For resources, um, the nonviolent communication book, the, the, the communication series, anything about communication in that arena has been helpful. I also read a lot like Mel Robbins books, like the five second rule. Anything by Brene Brown, and then Dan Siegel. Siegel. Dan Siegel. I always want to say Siegel, and it's Siegel. He's incredible. He just released a new book, uh, The Power of Showing Up, and anything written by him has just reshaped how I work with kids. And so that's been really, really, really amazing. His work is just so informative for working with people. Yeah. And seeing, you know, like a lot of it, like what you're reading is... Does that is is intended to be about working with kids or about kids and mm-hmm. their minds, but eventually those kids turn into adults. Yep, and you're probably interacting with a lot of adults who still access things the same way they did when they were younger. Yes. and I think it really helps understand sometimes why people behave the way they do and communicate yes. the way they do and yes. things that might seem um, really intentional and really personal in the way someone communicates and understanding better about like how that's not the case. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's just one piece of golden nugget. Yeah, one little friendly <laughs> reminder for us all. Um, but yeah, Dan Siegel's books are amazing. They're so good, so good. Um, what are you What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading Brainstorm and The Power of Showing Up, which are both by Dan Siegel. Brainstorm is all about the adolescent brain, and it's really cool. It's really really cool. Yes, um, I've heard that one's really great for parents yes for parents of adolescents <laughs> parents of adolescents or pre-adolescents it is yeah you know, i feel like i'm like gaining all this knowledge for like what's coming up in my life right. in many years but like it'll be here before i know it uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah yeah <laughs> all right um i think the last question i have is um when you were a kid what did you want to be when you grew up teacher 
elementary say. school teacher forever always that was that was wanted. always my thing and I you know I think have I told you the story of what happened I went to call I went yes. to UVM yeah I got on my first semester yeah. and I was like nope don't want to be doing this and I was in an intro to SLP class and I changed over why do you think you wanted to be a teacher I love working with kids and I think I always thought like that's what teachers do right they work with they teach kids and I always felt like I was a natural leader of kids like I did tons of t- like working at summer camps and I was always like a really just a, a born leader with kids mm-hmm. and so I was like oh teacher this makes sense yeah, yeah. sure yeah and then I was like oh hey, hey nope this is not for me <laughs> mad respect to all you teachers out there it was just not I was like no this is just not where I want to go well that's good here I that's am that's good that you yeah. didn't do that because then we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't this we wouldn't be stuff. doing this right now <laughs> All right, well, I think that concludes our very formal interview. That was an awesome interview. And um, stay tuned because the next episode, Danielle is going to interview me. Leah. <laughs> Who knows what will come out I'm there. so excited. I'm so excited. So um, we can't wait for you to hear that one. Yes, coming at you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to share on social media. Hashtag us or do an at us on Instagram at Reframe Your Brain. Like and follow us on Instagram. um, And we'll be coming back at you guys really soon. That's right. See you later. Bye.